Hey, hey, City Church family. Thanks for tuning in with us today. So glad that you are here with us. Welcome to our City Kids Christmas service. My name is Tyler Fitch, and alongside my wife, Jane, we're the youth pastors here at the City Church, and I am pumped to be kicking off another incredible season of Christmas here at the City Church. It's gonna be a great couple of weeks. I cannot wait. I'm gonna eat a bunch of food with my family. It's gonna be awesome. It might be the thing I look forward to most. Don't judge me. Let's jump right in today. If you've got your Bible or your iPad, whatever you got, let's jump in to the book of Luke. We're gonna go to chapter two and start in verse one. It says this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who he was pledged to be married, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. This is the idea that I wanna talk about today. When hope comes home. I spent four years living in Portland, Oregon, where I went to Bible college, and I loved every second of it. I made some of the best memories of my life. I ate some of the best food. I drank some of the best coffee and met some of the best people I've ever met. In fact, I met the best person I've ever met named Jane, and now we're married. God answers prayer, everybody. And you know what? I, I love my time at school, and it was so great, but what I realized is that while I was off having the time of my life, my mom was at home, and my mom was very, very, very sad. She missed me, her precious firstborn son. The favorite, sorry Janelle, sorry Daniel, we all know that it's me. Kids, I'm telling you, okay? If you need proof that your parents love you, just go to school in a different country. I promise, they'll let you know. Parents, you need to remember that you love your kid, send them to school in a different country. I promise you will realize, oh, I actually like this person that lives with me. <laughs> and when I'd come home, it was the best, because my mom, she'd pull out all of the stops. She'd make my favorite food, she'd take me shopping for new clothes, take me out to eat, and she'd make sure that my dad didn't look at the bank statements. It was awesome. And I've been trying to understand and I've been thinking about the reason that my mom would go so hard when I'd come back home. And yes, it's because she loves me a lot. Again, I am absolutely the favorite. There's no argument to be had. But I also think it's because when I was gone, she'd say that there was a gap. There was a hole. Something was missing. And this caused her to live and to act in a certain way. I believe that a lot of us sometimes experience something similar in our own lives. That we walk through life with an emptiness, a feeling as though something is missing. 
Sometimes this space in your heart doesn't really have a clear reason as to why it's even there. As you take inventory of your lives, it seems as though everything is in pretty good shape. Generally, life has gone your way. Sure, from time to time there's curveballs, but more or less you're able to handle them. Yet you're unable to escape the gnawing feeling of emptiness in your soul. It feels like you're watching a movie that was meant to be experienced in 3D with surround sound, but you're watching on an iPhone with a blown out speaker. You're getting the general idea, but you can't help always feeling that something isn't quite right. Other times, we know exactly what's missing. You'd hope that you'd have more friends at school this year. You'd hope that you'd be further ahead in your career by this point. You'd hope that Best Buy wouldn't have sold out of the PS5 so quickly. You'd hope that your Christmas bonus would have been bigger. You'd hope that you would have been born into a better family. You'd hope that you'd have more money in your accounts. You'd hope that you would be married by this point. All of us have experienced feelings like these. And what can end up happening is the hole in our heart gets bigger and bigger, and eventually the feeling of emptiness leads us to a place of hopelessness, a state of despair, a sense that things will never get better or work out. And it can get even harder at the holidays. While everyone is around you when they have their Starbucks cups in hand and they've got a big smile on their face, but you have to work extra hard just to crack a grin and pretend like everything is okay. Now hear me, I know life can be so tough sometimes. I know that things around us can look bleak, but no matter who you are, how old you are, or what you're going through, I wanna give you some good news today. God wants to fill you with hope. You see, the emptiness that you're experiencing has an antidote. This is what it says in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, God isn't just interested in making us better people or making sure that we follow a bunch of rules. The God of hope wants you to overflow with joy unspeakable, peace beyond understanding, and a hope that cannot be shaken in any situation. Your heart that feels hollow, calloused, shattered, or lifeless is the very place that God is wanting to flood with hope. Your heart is meant to be a home for hope. My prayer for all of us this morning is one that Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus. He said this in Ephesians chapter 3. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resource that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. 
Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. Today, I want you to walk away knowing this. Hope wants to make itself at home in your heart. Actually, let me say it this way. Hope wants to make himself at home in your heart. You see, hope is not just an idea or a concept. Hope is a person whose name is Jesus. And who is this person? In Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, it says this, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, our hope is in Jesus, the King of Kings who rules above and over every government. Our hope is in Jesus, the wonderful counselor who helps us wisely navigate through life. Our hope is in Jesus, the mighty God who is able to move any mountain on our behalf. Our hope is in Jesus, the everlasting father who loves us without condition. Our hope is in Jesus, the prince of peace who silences our fears and our anxieties with his promises. This is who our hope is in. This is why we can find rest in the promise found in Romans chapter five that says that this hope does not disappoint us. In Isaiah nine, we see Jesus revealing himself in different ways to show us how much he cares about every area and aspect of our lives. Big or small, hard or easy. He is the great I am, the answer to everything that we need. Jesus is where we find hope, and he wants to make your heart his home. One of the best memories I have during those years when I was away from my family at school was when my family came to pick me up from the airport after one of my first semesters away. I remember feeling so tired. It was a late night flight. I had taken some melatonin to help me sleep, but it didn't work, so I was feeling super groggy. But what I remember clear as day was the look on my mom's face when she saw me. She ran right up to me. She had tears in her eyes, and she gave me one of the best hugs I've ever gotten. After months away, her boy was back. It was one of the best ways to be welcomed home. My question today is this, how do we welcome hope home? How do we welcome hope into our hearts? How do we welcome hope into our lives? Mary and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem and soon came the time for her to give birth to little baby Jesus. And maybe the town was overcrowded because of the census, or maybe Joseph left late, or maybe they were just outright rejected. We're not really sure, but what we do know is that when the time came for him to show up, there was no room for Jesus. One writer says this, 
That there was no room in the inn was symbolic of what was to happen to Jesus. He sought an entry into the overcrowded hearts of those around him. Is there room in your heart for Jesus? I think a good question to ask yourselves is, what is it that's overcrowding my heart? Is hurt overcrowding your soul? Is pride overcrowding your spirit? Is an overscheduled calendar overcrowding your mind? Are fear and doubt overcrowding your heart? The truth is all of us have things that are overloading our hearts. We all have things that distract us from the hope that wants to make itself at home in our hearts. There's an amazing verse in Revelation chapter three and it says this in verse 20. Jesus talking says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open the door. I will come in and we will share a meal together. How do we welcome hope home? How do we make room in our hearts for Jesus? We open the door. This morning, Jesus is knocking on the door of our hearts. And when we welcome him in, he makes himself at home. I love this about Jesus. When we welcome him into our hearts, he makes himself at home. He sits down on the couch, kicks up his feet, and makes himself approachable so we can let our guards down and move closer to him. He opens doors nobody else does because he cares about what's going on in the depths of our hearts. He begins to reorganize our desires and our priorities as though he's moving around furniture. And he begins to heal hurts as though he's doing repairs around the home. You see, when hope comes home, our hearts experience transformation. Let's be brave enough to open the door. All of us can do it. All we have to do is pray a simple prayer with an open heart that can sound something as simple as this. Jesus, my hope, the door is open. Come in and make yourself at home. Help me remain humble and open to the things that you want to change. Amen. You know, maybe you're watching today and you've never even thought about opening up the door to Jesus before. Maybe you've never even thought to open up your heart to this person, this Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Maybe you have no concept of what that means, but you've been feeling something tugging on your heart a little bit. I think maybe Maybe the, the doorbell is ringing. Maybe you're sensing a knock on your heart. What I'm going to do is, in a couple minutes, I'm going to lead us through a bit of a prayer. And I would love for you to just agree in your hearts with me. And what I'm basically asking you to do is to say yes to a relationship with Jesus, to see if you want to become a Christian. You know, 
This is where Jesus' story starts as a baby, but it goes on as we read that he lived another 33 years or so of a perfect life, doing amazing things, healing people, raising the dead, just absolutely changing the world all around him. And then, as the story goes, he was murdered on a cross, and he was buried in a tomb, and a big old stone was rolled in front of it. And the truth is that the reason that he died was for us. He saw us in our imperfection. He saw us in our mess, but out of love for us, he saw it fit to lay himself down as a sacrifice, his perfect life for our imperfect life. And then he opened up a door of his own. He rolled back the stone of that tomb And three days later, he came back to life. This is why we have so much hope that we serve a God who conquered even the grave. So as I pray in a second, and if you've never opened up that door, maybe you've said yes to Jesus at another time in your life, I just want you to, in your heart, just agree with me. And then a link is gonna appear on the chat and you can click that and we'll give you some resources that are just gonna help you on the journey. And then I'll close in prayer for all of us. And I'm just gonna share a prayer I'm gonna read again one of the verses we read earlier in a different translation. I just believe it totally encapsulates everything that we've talked about today. So wherever you're at, let's just close our eyes and focus in and let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are knocking on the door of all of our hearts, that you are wanting to come in and fill us, to overflow us with hope, joy, and peace, God. We thank you for the life that you lived that was perfect, for the sacrifice of giving your own life. We acknowledge that our hope is in the fact that you died and rose again. We want to live our lives chasing after you, God, not out of duty or religion, God, but because we are just so amazed by the gift that you gave, God. So God, wash our sins away, make us clean. We open up the door to our hearts. We say, yes, come in and do what you can only do, God. And we just agree with Paul who prayed this prayer as he wrote to the book of, to the church of Ephesians. I ask you to strengthen us by your spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in us as we open the door and invite him in. Jesus, we invite you into our lives and into our hearts, God. We invite hope to make its home in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at City Church GTA. Thanks again for joining us.